0: I'm Wayne Nelson, and this is Talk to the Experts. When the recent fall economic statement was announced, we heard some updates from the Liberal government about its fiscal intentions over the coming months. But buried in the fine print was a confirmation that will worry wealthy Canadians, something we've been talking about for months on this show, ever since the spring budget was announced. The government has confirmed that it will be introducing a wealth tax in early 2023. Sherry McMillan from McMillan Estate Planning is here with me today to talk about the government's intentions and how wealthy families can protect themselves before the end of the year. Sherry, it's a pleasure to have you back with us in studio nonetheless.
1: I know, it's wonderful, Wade.
0: It has been a long time. Now, before we get started, I want to let our listeners know that the McMillan team will be hosting a virtual seminar coming up this Wednesday, December 7th at 6.30 p.m to go over some recommended estate planning tools, including some of the topics that we're going to be discussing today. To register, you'll need to contact Macmillan Estate Planning. The number is 1-833-266-6464, or you can go online at McMillanEstate.com. Now, Sherry, we have been hearing those rumors for most of the year about the wealth tax being introduced soon, and a lot of families, I'm sure, have come to see you to explore the different ways they can protect themselves. And Now that the end of the year is fast approaching, I just heard that it was uh, just just over a month before Christmas. Uh, How imminent is this wealth tax?
1: Well, the great news is, Wayne, in my opinion, is that it won't be actually passed until April in the next budget. So it was a warning shot in the past budget, and now it's going to be enacted in the next budget. So to me, that means we have until the end of this calendar year, and that's the perfect world. In order to be proactive to do your tax planning, because you always want to be grandfathered when new rules unfold. So to, to me, if I was a client right now in this circumstance, I would make sure I've employed every possible technique that I can in legislation up until the end of 2022. However, we will still have the very first quarter of the year to also employ techniques. So what's important is how you effective date your transactions so that they are in advance of that new legislation that's going to be coming into fruition.
0: Right. You want to make sure that everything is in place so that when the changes are made that you're still covered, which is the the grandfathering aspect of things.
1: Yes, and so we were waiting for uh, introduction of some sort of wealth tax when the budget occurred this year in April, and we were all expecting it to be, as estate planners, probably in the arena of capital gains. That's what we thought it would be. Or alternatively, some sort of inheritance tax like the United States has. However, that's not what they did. And so because they didn't language it in that particular manner, It kind of went undercover, in my opinion, in the budget in 2023, but they did attack it. And they said very clearly that they're going to impose what we call a wealth tax and how they're going to introduce it is what is called an alternative minimum tax on the wealthy. And so, you know, what it basically is, instead of just being a tax on one particular kind of gain that could happen in your state, like a capital gain, for example, it will be applicable to all sources of income which is much more punitive when you think about it, because if we were just worried about one sort of tax, now we need to be worried about all of them.
0: Sure, it's a much broader scope.
1: That's right, and so... Obviously, it's not going to impact, you know, families that have lower value and income. But for all our families that have high income, and really that's anything over a couple hundred thousand or a net worth of a million or more, this new introduction of this alternative minimum tax will have a direct impact on them.
0: Now, the one thing, Sherry, we always talk about the wealthy Canadians. You have a minimum uh, asset base. An average home these days is five or $600,000, and people forget about that. So a lot of Canadians might think, oh, well, you're just targeting the uber-rich. But that's not necessarily the case. No, that's
1: absolutely accurate, Wayne. And I think it's really important for families to think about that because as inflation has occurred and our property values have gone up, you know, specifically Calgary has gone up a great deal, but we've seen it across Canada. And so it isn't uncommon for people to have a six hundred and dollars and 800000 home And, you know, you add on their pensions, their RSPs, any particular savings, maybe inheritances that you're going to receive, and they're going to be positioned as a high net worth family. And, you know, one of the sad things is years ago when you say, you know, you're a millionaire – People presumed, oh, my goodness, you know, you're set for life. Today, you're not set for life just because you're a millionaire. We need high value in order to retire appropriately. So, you know, it's it's still a blessing to be a millionaire. Don't get me wrong. But if you're worth one million, it doesn't mean you're, you know, buying yachts and sailing around the world.
0: You have to plan right away. Time is of the essence to to get your affairs in order, as you know that that old expression, uh, which has other connotations, of course. But really, people can't afford to wait.
1: No, because Canada Revenue Agency and and the same with the IRS in the United States is they're not forgiving if you weren't proactive in minimizing your tax in your annual tax returns or in your estate itself. They don't allow you to backtrack and refile your taxes. So the onus is on us to become educated, knowledgeable, powerful, and employ these opportunities that we have as Canadians so that we are, you know, mitigating the tax that we are legally allowed to do so. And there are opportunities. There's a good handful of them that... I always share with families so they make sure they explore those.
0: Okay, well, let's talk about some of those basic tax strategies, Sherry. Um, and this is just a recommendation for, for everybody broad-based, but it certainly does apply more to the uh, the, the folks on the upper end of uh, of income earning.
1: Yeah, so one of the myths I think that occurs in the community is that you should sell your primary home as you age. And I think that's because people presume you should downsize And, you know, you'll need that wealth for your retirement lifestyle. But we've become more affluent than that, Wayne, as a general community. And so our primary home, to me, is a really wonderful asset because it grows tax-free. And so you can have that asset grow tax-free, the balance of your life. So if you enjoy your home, don't sell it just because society says, you know, you might get sick.
0: Exactly, and I always tell my clients, you know, if you're having issues as you're aging, if you're having issues looking after your home, then don't necessarily move if you can afford it, have people come in to do those chores and tasks that you otherwise would do yourself but are no longer able to do.
1: So true, and there was a study out of UBC that's really interesting, Wayne, pertaining to that topic, and they said 93% of us will have the privilege of passing on in our own home meaning that we won't need additional facility care. So why are we all selling our houses the moment we turn 65? It really doesn't make rational sense. Unless you're doing it to downsize your workload. Now, if that's the case, let's say you're selling your acreage in bear's paw. Well, then what I suggest is then don't just buy a traditional, you know, condo. Maybe buy the penthouse or maybe buy one of the more expensive villas and reinvest that capital back into your primary home because that value will continue to grow tax-free.
0: Absolutely. And what about the second basic uh, strategy, Sherry? We've talked about this before uh, as well. And and TFSAs,
1: simple. Yeah. Now, the TFSA uh, is certainly a wonderful opportunity for all of us. For high net worth families, it's not that dramatic in numerics and ratio to their entire estate. But what we're encouraging a lot of our families to do is use the TFSA to its maximum amount and perhaps... Uh, triple and quadruple it. And the reason you can do that is let's do that with your children and grandchildren, um, as long as they're over the age of 18. If they don't have the affluence to have wealth grow tax free, perhaps we share your wealth in order to make more of your wealth growing tax free. And so we can do these kinds of techniques, we call it generational planning. And it's a wonderful way to optimize these opportunities.
0: All right, we're going to pause for a break. We'll hit those other two strategies and other topics when we come back. The Macmillan team will be hosting a virtual seminar coming up Wednesday, December 7th at 6.30 p.m. Now, you'll need to register ahead of time, so contact McMillan Estate Planning at 1-833-266-6464 during weekday office hours or visit their website for more information. It's MacmillanEstate.com. Sherry McMillan is my guest today, and we'll be back with more on Talk to the Experts.